0: Well, Retribution didn't show up tonight, but Roman Reigns did get himself some Retribution, winning the Universal title that he never lost. Hello everyone again, this is Skyler, Sig Daddy Sigmund, and you're listening to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, and this is the Payback 2020 Pay-Per-View Review. But before I give you my thoughts and grades for each match, I'd like to let you know what's coming up next week. Next week, I will have my AEW all-out pay-per-view review that will be dropping next Sunday on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and anywhere you can pretty much find your podcast. Uh, Also coming up next Monday will be my weekend review that I'll be starting up again. I'll be looking at the latest news from that week, uh, give you some of my thoughts on the shows that I watched from the previous week. But yeah, it's more so the look at the latest news, giving you my thoughts and analysis on that, along with some uh, wrestling show analysis and thoughts. But let's get into this payback 2020 pay-per-view review. It started off with the Riot Squad, Ruby Riot, and Liv Morgan taking on the iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. And this was okay. Nothing special. This was just kind of there as a kickoff match. This kind of uh fixed and repaired the relationship between Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan because during this match Peyton knocked Liv off the apron and Billy Kay claimed that Ruby Riot was the one who did it and uh, then it gave Liv this internal conflict that oh I don't know I don't want to join my friend did she actually really screw me over again yada 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 and then Liv finally Gave into a reluctance and went back up on the apron, fired up, and then Liv and Ruby ended up winning after hitting a after hitting after Liv hits double knees and uh, Riot then hits a Riot kick to get the job one job done. I'm gonna give this match a C. I didn't really enjoy it all that much. There was a little botch during it that kind of threw things off by Liv, but. I understood the story they were telling, trying to tell, but I was just not really all into this match. And there needs to be more women's tag teams as they're uh, looking at building this women's tag team division because there's not a whole lot at this point. Especially on the main roster side of things, WWE Raw, WWE SmackDown, NXT, they do have a couple of teams there like Kaden Carter and uh, Casey Catanzaro. And Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, you can call them a team too. There's more tag teams, honestly, on NXT than there are on both Raw and SmackDown combined in the women's division. But yeah, I didn't really enjoy all that, that match all that much. This moves me to the main roster. Uh, not main roster, but the main show for Payback. Seven matches on it. And Bobby Lashley with MVP and Shelton Benjamin... Uh, he took on Apollo Cruz for the United States Championship, and I thought this was a pretty good match between these two. I enjoyed it. I expected Lashley to get the win. It made sense with the Hurt Business, uh, getting the title. It gives them some kind of momentum, finally, because Benjamin winning the 24-7 title Really wasn't a whole lot of gold for them, to be honest, because that 24-7 title doesn't mean a whole lot when it's switching hands every two seconds, but it was nice to see Lashley get the win here. Cruz doesn't seem like he's done with the Hurt business yet afterwards, because Lashley would uh, win after he locked in a full Nelson following a big frog splash from Apollo Cruz, uh, Lashley would hit the spine buster. Lashley would then get the full Nelson in on Cruz, and then he'd sit back, and then Cruz tapped out practically immediately. Cruz would attack post-match, and I was fine with this. I was totally fine with this. I was fine with Lashley winning the U.S. title here as it gives some it gives the hurt business some kind of credibility. And I think, honestly, this should lead to Shelton Benjamin and MVP winning the tag titles as much as I don't like kind of throwing together tag teams, but this is already a stable that's formed. So it makes sense in the context of things instead of just throwing people together willy nilly and just, Oh, let's have them win a tag team title or something. It's this, this would make sense in the context of things. And I, on all honesty, Montez Ford and Dawkins, as much as I love them, they're getting kind of stale as tag champs and it's, Time for something to be done with those tag titles because they're just been kind of... It's just there ever since WrestleMania season, so I think it's time to maybe pull the trigger on that. With all that being said, though, I'm going to give this match a B-grade. I hope it doesn't kill Cruz's momentum, this win by Lashley, because he's starting to really hit his stride, and I just hope he doesn't get pushed down the card once again after this, but... Hurt Business gaining some momentum. I'm fine with that. Giving this a B grade. And then we get JBL in the locker room with Keith Lee. Offering some kind of hedge fund to Lee. I don't, I'm not a big fan of JBL even being on TV at this point. Some people liked it. I didn't. But who cares. Then we get Big E in his first singles pay-per-view match. And what, pro- what has been probably forever since he's had one. Uh, it's Big E versus Sheamus. Some nice psychology in this match with Big E and Sheamus. Uh, Sheamus working the leg of Big E throughout the match. Uh, Sheamus locks in an educator on Big E. Later on in the match, he gets the rope to break it. Backstrops Sheamus to the floor. He hits that running spear through the ropes, which is always scary. I would not want to be on the receiving end of that because Big E coming at you full sprint at 280 pounds is quite frightening to say the least. Uh, after uh, the big ending, after a big ending attempt by uh, Big E, uh, Sheamus countered it actually with a heel hook. He broke it, broke it with punches. Sheamus with a pump kick knee for another two count. Then Sheamus goes for the brogue kick. Big E counters into a powder power bomb, follows it up with a big ending to finish things off, and I liked this. I'm gonna give it a B-minus grade. I wasn't like a huge fan of this, but I liked what they were doing psychology-wise and the knee work by Sheamus. Uh, this could, this starts the journey for Big E towards a singles title, which we haven't seen him win since forever ago, which is probably about seven or eight years ago with the IC title, but. uh Good match, good in-ring psychology. Look forward to see what Big E does moving forward because this brings some intrigue into what who he's going to feud with next. But uh, hopefully this leads to a Big E world title run because I've been clamoring for that for a long time now. I've been clamoring for that because I see it. He has the charisma. He has the ability. He has the mic skills. He can deliver a freaking promo. What's missing What is missing? He's over with the fans. We all know that. And he can... he, He can flip a switch. So, you know... I can compare it a little bit to Kurt Angle, but they're not like the same wrestler by any means. You know that. But... Kurt... He could flip a switch. He could turn into a comedy... He could go from a comedy guy to a complete badass in two seconds. He could flip a switch like that. And you know what? Big E can do all this gyrating and crap, but once he... Once the ring bell rings... He can flip a switch and turn into a complete badass also. So I can see it with Big E. He has all the tools there. It's just WWE's job to build him right and get him to that world title. And some kind of world title, whether it be the Universal title or the WWE title, I don't care which, but we could see Big E versus Roman Reigns the way things are going right now. But it's going to take a while for that build... To crescendo to go, oh, build up enough to get to a point where we get Big E versus Roman Reigns. We'll see if Reigns how long Reigns holds the title after what he accomplished tonight against both uh Bray Wyatt and Sheamus not Sheamus but Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. B minus for this match. Good little start to Big E's journey towards a title. Then we get Elise Ashton with Riddle and he's talking how he's going to run all over Corbin, and then she brings up a tweet bringing up Riddle's real-life situation infidelity uh, into play about him failing at home. He doesn't respond to it. And then we get Nia and Shayna backstage not getting along. Then we get Corbin versus Riddle, and I'm just not all into Corbin's in-ring style. I've never been. He's solid, but... only two things about his moveset impress me. It's the deep six and the end of days. Those are the only two things I care for in his whole entire move set. But he's solid. He's not like, he's not going to blow you away with anything. It's just, he's not my cup of tea. And this King gimmick he's been running with for over a year now has ran its course. And it ran its course a long, long, long time ago. But... This match was fine for what it was. I still hate, 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 hate this sliding under the ring ropes, run through, run around the the post, back into the ring clothesline spot. It's about as dumb as the Del Rio stomp. I don't understand it, but at least they did it here. As Corbin went to the well again, Riddle actually hit a kick on Corbin during it, which I was completely fine with. And Corbin ends up losing after uh, Riddle hit a bro to sleep on Corbin, following it up with a bro to sleep. Nice to see. I'm going to give it a C+. I thought it was fine for what it was, but I don't know. I just never been into any, really been into any Corbin match ever. But uh, Riddle, this gives him a win, so it's starting to build a new star, which WWE is finally starting to do. Finally starting to do. And this is a this is a really this is a show that kind of kicked off some people's runs, starting with Big E and Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle getting the win here, and it was a fine match. Nothing special. And the right guy won. And this we'll see where this goes with Riddle moving forward. But I was hoping this was going to be the end of the feud between Matt Riddle and Baron Corbin. But no, it is not. Because guess what we get following this match is Riddle getting interviewed backstage. But you know who shows up? Baron Corbin to attack him from behind. And I don't know why this needs to continue. But I guess we'll get it. After that, we get Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus the Golden Role Models for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. And the cracks are starting to form with uh, Bailey and Sasha's relationship. I don't know if they're forming, but they are expanding as we know it. And Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, they're struggling to get on, get along as the match is Uh, going on but then there's a point in the match where they're like oh my gosh if we work together we might win this match which was fine by me they ended up winning within a freaking awesome finish this was one of the best finishes I've seen in a while in a while because uh, Shayna Locks in a carafuda clutch on uh, Bailey, but Sasha comes in to break it up. Shayna then locks in a leg submission on Banks, and Bailey then gets put in a carafuda clutch. Banks tries to help her out, tries to help save Bailey, but she's locked in a submission also. And Baszler ends up grabbing Sasha's arm and chokes Bailey out with it and Bailey is forced to tap making Sasha and Bailey lose the women's tag team championship so in less than a week well in about a week's time Sasha went from two belts banks to no belts banks and now Bailey and Bailey's the only one with gold on her team uh, in that group so she still has the Smackdown Women's Championship I in all honesty, I'm not a big fan. I've already said this. <laughs> I've already said this earlier, but I'm not a big fan of these thrown together teams, especially this one where they were just hating each other. And then all of a sudden, oh, let's work together and try to win tag teams, but tag team championships. But it gets the belts off Banks and Bailey, And I enjoyed this match quite a bit. I really did. I like this match. Nia Jax did a good job of selling the knee during this. And the submission finish by Baszler was just fantastic. And it continues the dissension that is being teased between Sasha and Bailey. And Bailey and Sasha post-match, their facial expressions. Told it all. They're frustrated. And they don't know where to go. Banks is without belts. They she lost two belts in a week. And this is going to be interesting to see where this goes moving forward. As I said back in July, this Banks and Bailey feud should have happened a long time ago. I'm tired of waiting for it. Maybe this is the time they pull the trigger on it. I hope they do because if there's still so much uncertainty out there in the world where we don't know if WrestleMania is going to even have fans next year yet. So you got to pull the trigger at some point and I think it's about time they do it. Maybe it leads up to a match at Survivor Series between Bayley and Sasha. Who knows? But it gets the belts off of them, continues the... uh, the, The cracks are continuing to grow in the relationship between the two, and it gives a new tag team the championships. Uh... It might be a tag team that actually works with Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler. They don't necessarily get along. It's the odd couple, two different personalities, but I guess it works for now because there's not a whole lot of tag teams that are viable challengers at this point in time. I'm going to give the match a B. Pretty good tag team match. After that, we got the Keith Lee versus Randy Orton match. And I could not believe this. I could not believe what actually happened. If I put a bet on anything tonight, it was going to be that Orton was going to beat Keith Lee. And you know what? I was completely shocked with the result of this match. If I were to put money down on anything tonight, it would have been Orton versus Lee, and I would have picked Randy Orton... All day. I would have bet the bank on it that Orton was going to win because I I thought they were going to keep him strong heading towards another match between him and uh, Drew McIntyre. But you know what? We got a really nice shock finish here. And you know what? This makes Keith Lee a freaking huge deal. He pinned a 13-time world champion in his debut. Is not his debut, but his pay-per-view main roster pay-per-view debut. Wow, it was a complete shocker. And that's an understatement to state to say the least. Uh, while they they've kind of mishandled his music and ring attire as we've gotten started, there's been a lot of hubbub about that on the uh, on Twitter. And I, I'm one of the people that didn't like it either. I didn't like the new music because I still don't like the new music. But you know what? It's not all about the music and the uh, outfit, the ring gear. It's about what he does in the ring. And he sure delivered there. They had a pretty darn good match. And you know what? I'm going to give this match a B plus Because I thought for my whole whole time that Orton was going to win this match somehow, some way. And this would could kill Lee's momentum on the main roster. But you know what? It was nice. There was nice little callbacks to uh, each other's moves. Well, there was one at least. Where Orton earlier on in the match, he hit a back suplex onto the announce table. Keith Lee would return the favor later on. Hitting one on the announced table. Orton would hit the draping DDT on Lee late. Uh, Orton was looking for the RKO. Lee countered it with a spirit bomb to get the shock victory and the three count. And yeah, it was crazy. This, made, this could make Keith Lee a star. They're acting like he's going to be a big deal. And maybe he gets a huge push. Uh, which I am totally up for. I am totally down for. Sign me up for a Keith Lee push. But, 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 I'm going to say this. I feel like they're going to do, they're going to come back to this again and have Orton beat Keith Lee, which in storyline context makes complete sense. But really, I'm intrigued though. What are they going to do with Orton Lee from here? I assume they're going to have another match here sometime soon. But I'm, I'm intrigued on what they do from here, which... Is what you're supposed to do is have fan intrigue, and this what it does. That's what it did here. Lee getting the shock win. I'm giving it a B plus. After that, we get the match of the evening: Dominic and Rey Mysterio in a tag team match against Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Oh, before I get back to that, uh, I, there was a nice tribute that Keith Lee did uh, to Black Panther. Oh, uh, he had Black Panther gear on. Uh, he paid tribute to the late Chadwick Bozeman who passed away on Friday after a four-year battle with colon cancer. Rest in peace, uh, Chadwick Bozeman, Gone way too soon. And now back to the match. Dominic and Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. This was the match of the night. Nice back and forth between both teams. There was multiple times where I thought the match would end. And you know what? It worked. Dominic looked fantastic in this. Ray looked fantastic. Seth and uh, Buddy did their jobs really well. And it's starting to form some, well, form a little bit of dissension in the ranks of uh, Seth Rollins. Not dissension in the ranks, but dissension between Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy because late in the match, Rollins was going for a buckle bomb. Like a vocal bomb kick combo on Ray, but Ray countered it into a Hurricane Rana, and then Buddy incidentally, well, accidentally kicked Rollins in the head, and it led to a uh, spot where. Dom threw Ray into a sunset flip barricade bomb on the outside. Then Dom would hit a 6-1-9 fold by a frog splash to give the Mysterios the win. This was damn good. Dom hit some damn good arm drags early. He is a freaking natural in there. and 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 Ray, for the 45-year-old he is, he is so good still. Just as good as I can remember him being. And this sets up a third match between the Mysterios and the Monday Night Messiah, which ends up being Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. Well, at the point of this, at the time of this recording, which is Sunday night, right after the pay-per-view. Yeah, it's it's on Monday night. Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio and this was tag team wrestling done right because each team had the momentum it was switched back and forth quite a bit throughout the match the one thing one problem that this brings up this match is WWE's lack of care for the tag team division because if they can put on matches like this on a consistent basis that'd be fantastic But they decide not to. They do it for special occasion tag team matches like this where it's a big feud between Rollins, Murphy, and the Mysterios. But if you could do some kind of feud that would be good enough to warrant this kind of tag team match... That'd be great, and they could deliver the they could deliver these on a consistent basis. WWE could, but they do not for some reason, and they don't really care about their tag division all that much. Seeing that both the Raw Tag Team Championships and the SmackDown Tag Team Championships have not well, were not featured on this pay per view. That's how much they care about their tag team division. They were featured on SummerSlam of well, the WWE, while well, the Raw Tag Team ones were. But the SmackDown Tag Team Championships have not been featured on two straight pay-per-views. What is wrong with that? What is the problem? You have Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro who are pretty damn good as a tag team. And you don't have them featured on a pay-per-view. That, that just, that's the problem that this uh, match brings up for me. But the match was great. I'm going to give it an A-minus. Loved it. Best thing of the night. And Dominic Mysterio continues to deliver in just his second match on the WWE roster. Then we get Lashley in the Hurt Business leaving the arena with the US title in hand. And then we get The Fiend defending his newly won Universal Championship against both Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns in a no-holds-barred triple threat match for the WWE Universal Championship. And... Braun Strowman attacks Bray before he finishes his entrance. Roman does not show up until the latter stages of this match. Roman, he hasn't even signed the contract yet for this match. He hasn't even signed the contract because he wanted certain stipulations put into it. Uh, He was with Adam Pearce, and actually, Roman was sitting with Paul Heyman, who was going through the contract with him. And Braun and Bray just beat the crap out of each other for about... What ten minutes or so? Bray puts Strowman through the announce table. They fight towards the ramp. Uh, Braun knocks Bray through, uh, Bray off the stage through the uh, through tables, and they finally get back into the ring. And then at a certain point, there is a superplex spot, which I was calling as soon as after Braun got knocked down off the top rope. Well, not off of it, but where he got knocked down to a seated position. I knew they were going to go for the ring imploding spot. And they were talking about the ring post that they had, which they didn't have the ones that had like the LED screens on it. They just had the regular ring post, which now in context that makes complete sense because after Braun hit a, not Braun, but uh, Bray, hit a superplex on Strowman, the ring imploded. They've done that spot way too many times in my opinion. Then Roman shows up, signs the contract, and enters the match. From a logic standpoint this makes absolutely zero sense. This makes no sense at all because if the bell rings the match is official technically and Rain signed the contract after the match started which wouldn't mean his signature would be valid because he didn't agree to be in the match yet. So that makes no sense in my opinion, but Roman shows up. He tries to cover both Bray and Braun, and they kick out of that fin- kick out of finishers. But they kick out after Roman covers both of them. Reigns beats Stroman. That beats the crap out of Strowman with the chair. Strowman kicks out again. Wyatt gets a mandible claw on Reigns for a brief moment. Then Reigns hits a low blow on Wyatt, then Reigns spears Strowman to win the Universal Championship. I'm gonna give this match a B minus. The only th- the things I didn't like, they changed nothing about Reigns. They literally had the same entrance music, the same outfit. Nothing changed about his character really, other than he show up, wrecks people, and leaves. And he's a- apparently an advocate. Well, he has Paul Heyman as his advocate now. They pretty much pulled a Lesnar from Money in the Bank 2019. So if you remember that match Uh, Brock went to Brock was entered into the Money in the Bank ladder match last minute as a surprise entrant and Brock would show up literally at the end of the match knock Mustafa Ali off the ladder and win the title they pulled the same exact thing here and it kind of brings heat to Roman Reigns seeing that he did pretty much nothing the entire match and wins the title. It's just fine. I'm going to give it a B-. I like the Wyatt and Strowman stuff they did, but the Reigns stuff... Eh. We'll see how it plays out. I'm interested in seeing Roman Reigns as a heel, but they need to do something to shift his character. Other than having Heyman as his client, they need to switch his ring gear, they need to switch his music, something... Something needs to change about him because it's the same stuff. It's not really a change of anything. Fans are still booing him. Fans have always been booing him because he's been overpushed by the company. But they I think they're playing off of that here, which makes complete sense. But from a logic standpoint, it didn't make really any sense how Roman got in the match in the first place because he didn't sign the contract until after the bell rang. But you know what? Reigns is a, the champ. Wyatt is without the title, and that brings up the question of what the heck do you do with Wyatt and Strowman now? I have no idea. They were also teasing something with Alexa Bliss backstage, where she's just on the watching a monitor, or watching the match, twisting her hair because she has them in those double ponytails. I guess they're teasing some kind of alliance between uh, Wyatt and Bliss now. They they've been teasing that for a bit. But uh, Strowman and Wyatt, I have no idea what you do with these two from here. The Fiend and Braun, I have no clue what they do. But, with with all that being said, this pay-per-view was pretty good. It was pretty good for a pay-per-view that had only a weak build. Literally coming off of SummerSlam, a pretty solid SummerSlam. This is about the same level of SummerSlam... Thought this was pretty good. I liked what they did here. I liked that they built some new stars with Riddle, Lee, Dom, and even uh, Big E. I like that they're building new stars. Finally, they're starting to do that. Hopefully, they continue with it. And I liked that they reestablished Reigns as a top heel. And I love seeing that Bailey's Bailey and Sasha's relationship is growing even more strained. I thought this was a mission accomplished pay-per-view for WWE. It gets the heat on Reigns and this was a pretty darn solid pay-per-view for WWE. B grade from me and WWE has delivered back-to-back pay-per-views that have been pretty good. Let's hope this trend continues next month with Clash of Champions. We'll see how it goes. WWE's track record is not great with consistency. So we'll see how this plays out moving forward. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what's coming here soon. Hope you enjoyed that pay-per-view review of WWE Payback 2020. Make sure to listen in next Sunday when my AEW All-Out pay-per-view review drops. Plenty of matches on that card. That are intriguing. The Mimosa Mayhem match between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega taking on FTR for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. We got John Moxley defending his AEW World Championship against MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman. The match I'm really looking forward to on this card is Hikaru Shida defending her AEW Women's World Championship against the NWA Women's World Champion, Thunder Rosa. So look for that on Sunday. We'll find it on Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find your podcast. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Russell and on Instagram at sigdaddy.russle. Until next time, this is Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund signing off. Thanks for listening. And so long everybody.